0: Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Drop the Beat podcast. My name is Will Sarver. And my name
1: is Charles Lareda. And we want to thank all of you for listening to us beat off. Oh, that was a really, like, super solid intro. I'm, like, so proud of you for that. That was great. Well, I practiced um, before. I was going to say, good. Hey, I was going to say, you know, this is is our fourth episode so far. And I think, I know you and I are both incredibly appreciative um, for everyone beating off with us every single week because we have nothing to do in quarantine except just talk to each other and, and beat off. It I truly guess. means a, a lot to us and it, it makes the time go by. I was going to say, so update for anyone wondering because you can't see us. We both look like hell. Um, I was just saying to William, I look like what I'd imagine Jack Sparrow's poop to look like. <laughs> <laughs> it's just garbage. Um,
0: but, I got hair down on my shoulders.
1: Yeah, I was gonna say you look like Jesus. That's cool. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. me with the pi- the pirate look. I have the parrot on my shoulder and the eye patch. It just really, really sells it. Um, but it's, <laughs> do it's, you have it's to wash. So hopefully all. Do you, do you have to wash that but, eye, that eye patch? Do I wash the eye patch? Yeah. Do you have to? Yeah, of course I do. Yeah. Okay. It's just like it's it's just like any other face mask that we're using. I have to after a while they're disposable and I get new ones.
0: Yeah, I didn't know if you're you know wearing it all week along with your sweatpants.
1: Oh, no, no. These sweatpants are seeing like a good month at this point. All
0: right. Yeah.
1: Eyes are different. I don't want to get pink eye. And who knows where this eye patch has been. But <laughs> enough about bad things in my eyes. Um, for those of you who don't know about the Drop the Beat podcast, this is our long form discussion of uh, topic podcast with anything ranging in the music industry and just music in general with questions submitted by you guys. Um, Will, did you know they could actually submit questions for the show? You know what? I heard that they could, but where do you, where do you get this information from? Will, have you even been paying attention for these past like 3 weeks because I've literally said it every single time, but here's a little refresher for you just okay. in case, bud. Um, if you'd like to submit a question for us to discuss in a long format, kind of setting here go to www.charlesloreda.com slash contact um whatever you're watching this on which whether it's you know just audio or video on youtube you could there's always a link in the description and um submit a topic put your name tell us where you're from and it'll be something uh, pretty fun for us to talk and you can hear us uh, discuss this i think it's a uh, i think we have a good one today actually oh i'm sure it's a dan it's a dandy one yeah people have been sending in some some bangers which is um Pretty crazy Um, but this one comes from jackie m okay and she is all the way from massachusetts wow i could not say that that was horrible that could (laughs) have went really bad sorry so sorry jackie jackie m from massachusetts um and she writes in, and she says i've been playing piano for 17 years now and i'm completely self-taught i've been thinking about starting lessons and wanted to know if you guys had a preference between self-taught or formal lessons thank you guys loving the show so oh, thank you right. first off, Jackie, for this yeah, that's sweet, a... sweet compliment. For real, but yeah, yeah that's we a, appreciate it. That's a we are getting hit with like such deep questions every week now. Like they're just like these existential, like oh man, like they, they hit kind of home. Make a, they they really <laughs> do. This is a good one, Jackie. Jackie from Massachusetts, which I almost butchered horribly. Um, you know that's um, that's that's a great one because I I think we talk about this all the time, especially myself being. A private music instructor or music teacher instructor makes me sound strict i'm not I'm and professional <laughs> yeah professional <laughs> i put air, yeah, air quotes not us. yeah no um that's wow that's that is that's a great question because that can go in so many ways um especially if you look at any musicians just in general of what their what their backgrounds are now i know i um learned music through formal lessons for the most part, what about you, William? What was your kind of musical upbringing? Yeah, I guess I could say the same. Um, I think. I mean, there's always like an asterisk next to that because I know you and I, I guess, were formal, but definitely branched off.
0: Yeah, from that kind of thing. I think. Yeah, I d- I think we're definitely both a hybrid of the two. Um, yeah, definitely. But for me, growing up, um, I mean. My dad played um, drums, so that's kind of where I got a lot of, you know, the, the passion and, and the ability to do um, some of it. Um, and in the beginning, it was a matter of him just kind of showing me what he knew. Um, so, you know, that's how it kind of started, and I started to get, the, you know, have a knack for it, and then it progressed that's, into... That's the best, though. Yeah. It's great. It was definitely a natural progression for sure um, see
1: that that's always cool um i always relate something like that which this outlook changed my view on music completely um is victor wooten who is one of my favorite musicians oh, and the just man. people in general because he i could just listen to that man talk for literally ever and i went to a clinic um a few years back at a local music store and he literally <laughs> played maybe two songs and he just spoke the entire time and that was cool because i learned that he was like huge into marvel comic books so that was really fun um And made me feel a lot better about myself for the time. But he had a really cool point where he said, and this was like completely eye opening, and it's exactly you and your father's musical relationship, where he was like, music is a language. And he said, you know, you learn so much better by playing with someone as if you're speaking the language together. Because how did you learn to speak when you were young? It's your parents didn't just give you a list of words and you go into a room for 30 minutes and, and recite them. No, you learned because you were around people speaking that language and you picked it up. And he's like, music is exactly the same. So that is literally you learning with your dad where it's you pick it up because you're, you're exposed to it in a positive kind of light. I think that's yeah. like incredible.
0: That's a really good way to put it. I mean... Yeah. Victor ruins the man for anybody that's oh, he is wondering, check him out. Um, but he's totally right. And that's kind of how it was. I mean, because I was so young, maybe three, four, it's like, Oh, wow. You know, what, what else do I really know? You know, um, not much at that point. So really it was, it was exactly what you're saying. It's, it's trying to learn and to form a communication, and mm-hmm, you just definitely. do it by somebody showing you or just listening and visually seeing it. And, um, and then it just progressed from there. And then it's like, you know, I think we should, he should probably start taking some lessons because it's stuck. I, I, I wanted to do it. I enjoyed it. And, um, they tell me, I did was, you
1: continue doing it? <laughs> Are you still I, doing it I'm today? I'm still doing it today. And, okay, uh, good. I'm just making sure.
0: It's interesting. Cause I was just talking with, um, um, my my wife about it that um, I, i've always you know f- for years you know things come and go and you know mm-hmm. i end up me personally i ended up like you know as far as sports and things like that i dropped a lot of it i stopped doing it yeah but and i really thought back really the only thing that has stayed consistent from pretty much the beginning of my existence to now was music and drums that's the only thing that i've had and done consistently to this day and honestly it's been the hardest thing for me to do at some points in time and some of the biggest challenges i've ever had but at the end of the day it still comes out the winner and i I thought that was very interesting
1: (laughs) yeah no that's great though i mean i never really thought about that either um i think you know what you were saying the challenge is the best part about it yeah. Um, and I think that's why we constantly seek out things like that. Like I had one of my students' parents the other day because now, you know, we're at home. So I'm doing online lessons, which is very, very weird. Um, but one of my students' parents, one of, he's, he's a younger, younger student. And his mother was like, oh, one day you'll be a master like Mr. Charles. And they do call me Mr. Charles, which is hilarious. <laughs> um, so much older now. I know, I know. And such a distinguished mustache. Um, but Mr. <laughs> Charles um, said, you know, that cause, because they called me, they said, oh, one day you'll be a master. And I said, I'm not a master. And I never will be a master. And I'm completely content with always being the student. And the mom was, like, shocked. Like, her jaw hit the ground. And she's like, why? And I said, because I feel like if you're ever a master, a master is always something I feel like that's self-proclaimed. And yeah. I, I really feel you know if i mean depending on which form of master you have but i i always feel like you know if you're a master you've you have done everything there is to know and play thus there is no point in doing it anymore and it's like i learn something new every time i sit down to play yeah and not, i, I not i'll music. never be a master and that's the i'll never be a master and that's the most beautiful thing like i watch people who bowl and you know they'll bowl a perfect 300 game every single time and i think that must be so boring that's true because there's nothing there's, else there's after no that. yeah there's no margin for error what do no. you do at that point i mean it's not boring probably getting those giant checks. Know, checks that they yeah because <laughs> yeah. they like that's cool but um, it's like oh i can get used to this <laughs> yeah i mean obviously there's different versions of master like if you're a beast master and you can you know control any animal that's kind of cool but that's a different form of the word or a pokemon master. but we won't get into that um <laughs> i don't want people to unsubscribe from us. um <laughs> but no, for, for me, it was always, it's always there, there always is a difficulty curve because I'm always pushing and learning. So I think that kind of goes back to what you were saying, where it's, you know, sometimes fairly difficult, but you still do it because it's st- what you do and what you know, it's a part yeah. of you. Like you couldn't not, you know. Right. Um, exactly. So, and that's the beauty of
0: it. And I'm the, I feel the same way. And I still am always trying to learn something new.
1: Um, I'm never content or satisfied with my playing. I would um, say that's that's the artistic, the uh, perfectionist nature which we both share, and it's either yeah. our best friend or our worst enemy. I know uh, that, yeah, if absolutely. Um, so, but how that's old the were you? Part. Yeah, yeah. Well, I would say how old were you when you started taking actual formal lessons, and when, what was that kind of comprised of? Uh it's man. Uh, it's hard digging back in those Borg memory banks. I know. Yeah, the age. Oh. Or I, if you had to guesstimate what it was, if I had a guess, oh man, I'm sure that I'm wrong. Oh, oh God, yeah. I'm a big lamo because I remember like I remember every. I remember it was August fourteenth, two thousand one. <laughs> that was my my first lesson. <laughs> Not me. I, I want to say sorry. maybe I was like six or eight. Somewhere wow, in that range. If I had to that's guess, That's still pretty early, though, because usually it's the beginning instrument is always, like, piano. Or it's any of the instruments offered in school.
0: Yeah. All right. No. You know what? It, it, it was eight. I know that for a fact. Because I took lessons from the same individual for ten years, and I stopped out of high school. So, yeah. Nice. That, that math works. Go. So, yeah.
1: Eight. <laughs> um, God, I'm terrible at math. FYI. But, um... <laughs> So that if my math is correct, you took lessons for 18 years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, I, so that wasn't even funny. I don't know why I laughed. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I just feel bad. I only laughed so I could get a raise, but um, yeah, that check is that's coming. Just keep checking for that one.: Yeah,
0: but. it's delayed, I'm sure. <laughs> um,
1: so yeah, I was eight when I started when I took my first formal lesson. Um now did you do any any of the instruments offered in school or did you do band in, yes. in school or were you, oh so you did okay cuz yeah. they don't necessarily teach you in school it's always just they teach you how to play together or they teach everyone to play at the same time they it, never necessarily give you lessons like I did orchestra in school and I remember because it was I had um when you're you cuz you could start in 3rd grade with either violin and then in 4th grade you could do Uh, band with like brass and woodwinds and percussion and i remember listening in third grade to the violins and and cellos and everything and they just sounded way better than the band did so i was like i'm gonna do that one and my uh you know that was that was a big big deal for me because i wasn't even going to do music um like at all so me being in second grade and being obsessed with the spice girls they got me to do music they forced because my mom yeah well my mom was like you know are you, are you what do you think about maybe doing orchestra no no orchestra's kind of dumb and this was back in like spice world mania was happening so it was always oh they got a new music video on tv and like the news would debut a new spice girls music video and i remember like they had a concert one time a live televised concert and they had an orchestra with them and i was like that's it gotta do violin now because they're gonna definitely want little third grade me to play with the spice girls and that's what 100%. got me to uh no, of course. I know. I was waiting for the, I never got the call. I think, um, you know, back then long distance was really tough from the UK. Um, but no, that, that got me into it. And my orchestra teacher, uh, Mr. Mercury was the absolute man. Also, that's the coolest name ever. Oh uh, yeah, for sure. Um, but he was an incredible player. He played everything. He played, you know, fine strings. He played, it was an incredible guitarist. He did banjo, mandolin. He did every bluegrass instrument. Um, and I remember when I was stopping violin because I only played from third grade to fifth grade, and I told him I was going to start playing guitar. And he was like, oh, I'm a, I play guitar. And I remember he pulled it out and started playing and he was just like, he was just incredible, just finger picking stuff. Um, and he, you know, he taught me to read music and that was a really, really important thing for me because not that I read every day recreationally, it does have other uses for me, I guess. Yeah. But so, but that's good. So, so yeah, so I was orchestra, you were band. Which you know, the band yeah. kids were cooler and the orchestra kids were a bunch of dweebs. Oh yeah, we were so cool. Um You guys were like the jocks, man. Yeah.
0: But <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was I was in the school music program from the beginning. As like, you know, as early as you can do it in school is when I started. Yeah. Yep. And I never got out of it. Um
1: so no, neither did
0: I. I stayed true to it. But like you said, in elementary school it's really not so much lessons. No. Um you know because the person that was directing um you know the band and also like doing my quote-unquote lessons uh did not was not a percussionist um so oh, that's
1: that's how it always always is yeah. that was me in middle school going into middle school playing guitar wanting to play in the school band and saying oh i want to play guitar and I'm like oh we don't need a guitar we need a bass and i was like Shit, I don't play that, and they're like, "Well, it's pretty close to guitar." And I really is. I I didn't know anything about bass clef, and I teach myself, and that was horrible, <laughs> and I was not a fan. Um, but but then obviously, like I adore it, and and you know, I read bass every day. God, in middle school and high school, because that's all I did for band. It was all bass stuff, which was great. Obviously, right. I read treble no problem too, but um, bass, it was just became it was just a cold read kind of thing, like that. Know? yeah but that that I taught myself, because I think you know for you and I, for creative as we are, even though lessons are super, super important, I know you know God, just teaching yourself and kind of playing around with it is just equally as important, because that's how you kind of learn, yeah, Unless I agree me, with it, but I don't think no
0: so. <laughs> no that's I agree a hundred percent um having the lesson structure was great. Um, but also part of it is you have to figure it out on your own, your own and, um, see how things work out for you and everybody's different. Um, so, you know, like, especially for drums is like, you're going to have 10 people lined up and they're all going to hold the sticks differently. (laughs) That's true. You know, everybody's, everybody's body is different. Everybody's going to, but you know,
1: that's a good thing though. I mean, unless exactly. You're for un- uniformity, but I always thought that was kind of nice. Like that's like drum me, teaching wise. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. For, you know, for me, teaching wise, there's a lot of th- things I don't mess with because sometimes there's there's proper technique and then there's individual style. And style for me was always always important. A um, hundred percent. Because there's so many p- players that we look at, whether they've taken formal lessons or not, and they have their own little quirky style. Like the one guy I love um, is Jeff Beck, and I've heard him of guitar wise him him guitar wise <laughs> playing he plays with his thumb for like everything and it's really weird right. but like it's awesome or like one of my favorite bassists is James Jamerson who's one of the funk brothers um and he played bass with one finger for everything and it's like you know no yeah. one would dare mess with technique like that when you're literally have hands of gold um but i think um there should be a a good balance of, like, a formal lesson as well as kind of just messing around and and learning the instrument yourself because you're kind of learning yourself through the instrument, if that kind of makes any sense. Um, Like, I had a friend who was an incredible, incredible uh, piano player, and she only ever read music. She never you know improv at all she never knew what she was playing without the sheets so i'd be like oh let's just kind of play but we're gonna play these chords and she's like all right what are, what are the what are the notes and it's like you come on like there there is a point where it's you, there's got to be like a, an equal balance of both i don't mm-hmm. know if you've ever experienced that with with anybody yeah playing I'm, wise i mean because it I can th- be it can be a hindrance which kind of is a shame but
0: for sure and i think the um The first time it really that type of scenario struck me was when i started to study and play jazz oh Um, yep that'll do it so (laughs) and you know it 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 does become a problem in that scenario when um you know a lot of it can be free form and um more improvised but you still have somebody's head in the page so like that's true in that aspect, it's difficult because they're not particularly listening to the other musicians around them, and that is yep. everything in that type of playing. Um, so, in high school, um, when like I really started getting into jazz and started doing it, it was we worked a lot on getting your head out of the page. Um, oh, that's incredibly important. Yeah. So it was a matter of you know. Understand what you have to play, practice it, be prepared, and now don't look at it. It's yeah. now. It's yeah. you know what to do. So now, you just have to listen to everybody else and play along with them, play off of them. It's yet again a form of communication, you know. And yeah. that you're you're and trying to have a conversation. Is the <laughs> part,
1: a hundred percent.
0: And mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I know in my playing, it's all listening when I play, and it's not to myself. I know no. that may come well, as a surprise yeah. to people, but I don't listen to myself. I'm the last thing uh, in my head when I'm playing um, because I'm focused on what everybody else is doing. I'm trying to listen and I'm trying to gel and feel everything and play off of each
1: other and have a conversation and commute with everybody that's around me. So, well, that's that's like when whenever we play, you know, I'm listening to you in the bass. That's that's the, yeah. the most important thing for me, um, is the rhythm section like that and listening what we're doing for all three of us to be together, uh, and it's crazy because that's not something that's that's taught, but it's definitely learned, and that usually is only learned from doing it, right? And I think I think that's just incredibly important because there's a ton ton of things that you you know you do learn from formal lessons, but there's a lot you don't learn like uh, like for stage performance and. You know, presence on stage and playing along with others, or gelling, or playing with feeling. There's a lot of that. You know, you can read every book on it in the world, but unless you actually are hands on doing it, or you're up there doing it, or you know, playing with other people, that's that's important. And the big rule we always had musically growing up was: it's uh, you always want to play with people better than you. I whatever the you, yeah, I was
0: just thinking about definition.
1: That. Yeah, the, whatever the definition of of better than you is, because um, that's how you you and i remember that one of my friends saying you know one of my my music colleagues i say colleagues this is me when i'm like 16 17 <laughs> um but colleague being you know two or three times my age saying you know one of my mentors he was like you get really you start to become really good when you play with other people and it's kind of like all the formalities you learn from lessons are kind of pushed to the side because it's a completely different sport i wouldn't say it's not you know out of the ballpark it's a completely different sport at this point um, Yeah. You know, so you're going from badminton to backgammon, the two manliest sports I could think of off the top of my head. Right. <laughs> um, but, you know, like that's that's such a important thing. But I mean, for me, getting to that point did have a lot to do with formal lessons because there were a lot of things I used to kind of influence my, my choices and experience from that kind of stuff. Like obviously reading and thinking, it was important because now it's like, okay, I'm playing with horns and I'm writing their parts. I need to know my shit. I need to know my theory. I need to know how to write this stuff. Yeah. That's a practical use of, of that for me that I did learn formally. Cause a lot of my kids, they don't want to read. And I always say, well, here's a real reason, you know, that you can use this in the real world. This is an applicable use for that. Or theory. If I'm teaching any kinds of like jazz theory or classical theory or chord theory stuff, it's always like, you know, this is how i use this my biggest one of my biggest uses for theory is you know i'm writing a song and i cater to my voice when i write that's the most important thing for me in the least conceited way possible because i don't want to sound like dog shit so I always will transpose it into a key that suits my voice the best, where it's a kind of comfortable range, pushing a little bit of the high end. And I learned, you know, the theory stuff from, from school. And then I ran with it though. So it's, I learned the basics of it and then I kind of pushed it. And I never wanted to learn the rules because I was like, Oh, this is dumb. I don't want to learn the rules. But then you realize, man, there's so much you can do with it. It's, it's almost more. So it's like, here are your paints. And that's what you, you know, you get from lessons, this great array of paints. And it's dude, you got to paint the picture. Like they don't do that for you.
0: Yeah, no, that's a really good way to describe it. Um, And I agree. Well, if it's the art, the art vibe, I guess, I
1: don't know. Yeah, (laughs) it's
0: just me. No, I mean, um, I think the foundation is, is great to have. And it's, it is important to know. And, you know, me starting out, I was one of those that I don't want to read. I don't. I don't want to learn how to read music. Just want to play. But I fought it for a while. But I. It was important that I learned it, and I did learn it, and um, it did help me in the long run. Um, because once you understand how to do all that and and mm-hmm. have your foundation, then it becomes second nature. And, good point. And, and Very good point. Now you are at a different level where you know you don't have to think about that anymore like you can somebody can give you music right away and you'll play it no problem and now you can re- read it like subconsciously read it this is hard to describe subconsciously no, no, that makes sense. Re- read it but you can now enjoy playing it and you're listening while you're doing it at the same time because you, you don't have to think about exactly. it. Exactly. Right? You don't have yeah. to think about the notes on the page because you can just visually see it and you know how to play and how to read it because it's second nature. And that's when it kind of clicked for me that, oh, I get it, you know, I have, I understand it and I'm glad that I did.
1: And it's, you know, it's. But that's good for you because you used it how, you know, how it was necessary for you. And yeah. it got to the point with you where it's like, you know, yeah you get it you understood it it's a nice paint for your palette but you know you 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 paint with it a different way and that's that's awesome like that's a great way because i mean for me i was thankful that i did orchestra before i went to guitar lessons because orchestra for me i had to read music i was forced to do it because that's the only way you play with everyone else yeah and i think that was nice because that did teach me a lot of the fundamentals of it so if i ever have to speak it or teach it myself it's like okay cool and then When I got to to guitar, it was obviously I was being taught, you know, reading, you know, more intense reading and scales and chords and all that kind of stuff and and theory here and there. Um, But I think once it all kind of came together for me branching off and starting improvisation, it was kind of, yeah, I have the ideas of reading and things like that, and I'm still using them, but not in the proper way. It's, you know, like I have them, I understand them, and now I'm going to do me. And yeah, I'm kind of. Taking a little piece of, of each one um even if i'm not you know not even if i'm not reading music every day like that's one of my students um hated hated reading so much where he would just read the piece once and then just memorize it that's and that that, that awesome is 100 that me <laughs> that's a gr- no but that's such a good skill because <laughs> if you're stuck in that page like you were saying and subdividing and counting every rest we've worked with players like that where it's like you know, you're in there, you're so sub- subdividing every rest. But you can sing this part to me. You shouldn't have to read it. Yeah, maybe yeah. use it as a as a as a as a roadmap to know what notes, but don't subdivide and count every sixteenth break and rest and things like that. You know? Like I have one of my students' parents, um, you know, the kid refuses to read and he's younger, he's seven, so it's kind of like yeah, I would like him to just because he can he can, you know, use this someday for his on his own in whichever means necessary but the dad was like you know please tell him how you read music every day on stage with your band and i looked at him and like this like the best man like i was like dude i never read on stage i memorize literally everything everything i do nowadays is, is is based tonally and you know learning by ear not that i don't know how to read um but it's one of those things where it's like, I can just listen to music and I know what it is. Or I'm in the car and I hear a song and I'm like, I know what this chord progression is now. I know this song. or I, And yeah, a lot of that came from ear training from just reading and playing. So yeah, that and, and understanding where things are on the staff and how the intervals work and everything like that. So again, I took those skills from formal lessons and made them work for me. Kind of like how how you did with everything. Yeah. It's. Um, I mean, there's there's always pros and cons with all all of that kind of stuff. I mean, there's so many practical things you can do with learned skills like that, though. You know, yeah. and just how you decide to use them. It's funny that you mentioned that that um,
0: that person that just memorized. Uh, you know, the, <laughs> he's great for being
1: seven. That's awesome.
0: Oh, that's know. that's that's great because that's. I mean, that was me, and still is. But you know, I. I struggled big time reading was always a struggle for me. So like uh, when I'd have to play like a, like a mallet piece, um, you know, it's like several pages long. Well, I wasn't able to read and play it at the same time. I couldn't, I couldn't connect the two. I mean, if it was a drum set part, you know, different ball game.
1: Were you doing, were you doing two stick technique or a four stick? Four, but both, but I had to learn four and, See, uh, reading that, that's that's really tough though. And then having to watch where you're going, you know, which is on essentially the giant piano. Who right. would want to read and play that? That's really yeah. tough. So know? what I ended up
0: having to do was just completely memorize it because that way I can l- visually look at my hands and see what I'm playing because I could not look at the music. So I would when I was practicing it, I would just have to take it section by section and memorize it completely. So yeah. <laughs> when i go to perform or for you know for a grade or whatever they're like you didn't look at the music one single time
1: i'm like cuz i was like because i, I can not you bet your ass <laughs> yeah <laughs> no but but that's even better though you walk into an audition or something like that and your head's not in the sheet and you're just memorizing it and you just know it yeah now you could just really focus on your playing um and for those those of you um at home who don't know what a Marimba is, it's almost like a um it's a xylophone, but the biggest possible one you could have. Like it's literally the oh, yeah. giant it's literally the giant FAO Schwartz piano that Tom Hanks jumps around on in the movie Big. It's pretty much one of those on wheels. Um They're pretty awesome. Each one of the, yeah, and and oh, they're super cool for, yeah. for mallets. I'm I'm assuming when you said mallets it was for Marimba. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. it's like these things are the size of a massive dining room table. Um and as opposed to regular piano keys, it's, you know, they're these giant, like three inch wide big plates you have to hit with a mallet. And it's like, I don't think I could read that and play at the same time. I'd have to be looking at my hands. Like that's that's not something I would feel comfortable on. It was you know?
0: difficult, but you know, if I spent a little bit more time and uh, mm-hmm. really learned it properly, then it would have been easier for me. But um, I mean, I just done a lot of things by memory, but um, you know, but like you were saying, like a lot of that can't be taught in formal lessons. It's you know you just have to experience it, and yeah. and that's um, part of it. Um, but let me ask you. I mean, so on the other side of all of that, w- you know, what's your take on somebody completely self-taught?
1: There's pros and cons for sure. Um, you know, I'm and it's funny because it's I teach. I've been teaching for. Th- God, 14 years now um and it's you know i'm not completely advocating for lessons you know i i'm not against people learning themselves now, i don't know jackie writing in if she you know is older or not or if she's younger or or what have you um but going into starting lessons is always interesting like that because you know i've you and i both know a lot of players who are self-taught never read you know oh yeah no no theory per se just from playing it because they know what works or know what what sounds together and they know their notes they know their chords they know this kind of thing and that um there can be some hindrances here and there like i know you and i have worked with some players in particular where we'd be rehearsing and um you know self-taught would be trying to play you know something they've heard from one of our songs and you know it's easily found within a shape on the neck like we're talking about specifically like a bassist <laughs> you know it's a good example
0: yeah, yeah. and um, the neck of a bass not a neck of a person
1: yeah not the neck of a person that's <laughs> that's like some Def- jeffrey dahmer stuff we're not getting into that in this yeah episode. not, not um, this episode no no um but you know and they would play a pattern and i'd be like oh you could play this a lot easier if you just use this shape or you know they might not know where all the notes are on the neck or playing something together was like, oh yeah, some of these chords are not necessarily in the key and they don't work or this, you know, so there are hindrances in that regard where it's mm -hmm. like, you know, there, there are things that you and I take for granted because we do it every day and we do it so damn much, but to someone who's completely self-taught might not know that. Now they can get around and they can play and they can keep up for the most part, but you know, they're things that you and I would look at as simple where someone who has never taken lessons before or never had proper instruction, would never really, you know, think about. Or it's like like you and I speak a lot of times in, like, theory talk. Like, I'll have a chart I'll give to you or something. I'll be like, all right, so it's going to go to the 2 to the 5 and resolve back to the 1, and you're going to fill into the 1, and it's going to be on the end of 4. And it's like for anybody, you know, listening. Yeah, it's another to the, language. The, yeah, to the crazy, like, jive turkey shit I just laid down. Um, would have no idea, but it's like, you know you and i doing lessons and especially school band and things like that we would we understand that kind of stuff um so yeah that's that's a good point i mean for for you you know working with the vast amount of people that we have whether it's for session stuff in studios or musicians in our group or anything like that um thankfully for the most part we've been blessed with um always having You know guys who really know their shit play with us which is good we've had a couple here and there and that's more so who i'm talking about (laughs) don't play with the groups anymore um it it is tougher when you're in a crowd where everyone kind of walks the walk and talks the talk and you have the odd guy out trying to learn and it's you know, where it's like, okay, keep up, hit the ground running kind of a thing. And not in a in a yeah. dickish way, but it's kind of like, yeah, you really need to know this kind of stuff because we're you know, we can't have just we can't teach this whole time.
0: Right. Um, you I know, know you and I've experienced that. Oh. You know? Yeah, plenty of times. And it's like <laughs> we have you know, we have shows scheduled, we have events scheduled. It's like, you know, we don't have all the time in the world to, you know, go much slowly and trying to, you know, relearn things and teaching somebody. Yeah. It's like, you know, sometimes it's like, you know, we've got to, sh- you know, like for me, when I first started in the band, I was like, uh, you know, I just auditioned. And then, you know, several days later there you know, I had two gigs in a row. Yeah. It's like
1: you hit the ground running was an understatement at that.
0: Point. <laughs> it's like, we, I mean, we didn't have time there was no time for you to like hold my hand
1: as i tried to learn the stuff no i came in prepared and i learned as much yeah. as i could i mean for you it wasn't even like you had the training wheels off god you're on a unicycle like that's, that's how i wish crazy i could ride was. one yeah oh <laughs> uh, that would break my teeth um but you know, Actually, that's the stupid, as I said, unicycle. That's the one little analogy I make to all of my students with reading music or practicing or playing. I always say it's like, yeah, you could ask me to ride a unicycle right now and I would fall down and break my face. But if I did it every day, I'd probably break infinitely less teeth and I would get better at it. Yep. You know, yeah, you can't do it now because you've never done it before. Yep. Um, but enough about me when I was in the circus, <laughs> before I was adopted by my parents. Um, you know, it's you came in and hit the ground running and no one ever had, I've never had to teach you anything. It's just, you know, you get it. And whether that's just your, your own, um, kind of ingenuity taking over or whether it is amalgamation of, of your personal playing versus things you've learned from lessons, you know, who knows what is coming together. Cause at this point you're not really questioning that. It's just, you know, pistons are firing and it's just go. Yeah. Just mm-hmm. do, And that's, a, and that's the number one thing. It's, you know, whether it's, music lessons from school from an instructor from college whatever it's the number one thing i always always say can you play that is all that i care about i don't care about instructional background i don't care about any of that stuff can you play do you know the stuff um and that that always matters most to me because i've had people who come in We've worked with who are always like, I'm a music major. I got this big degree. I got that big degree. I got this big degree. I, you know, whatever. Wash yeah. Buddy Rich's feet and wap, it's wap. like, okay, great, good. Can you play? And it's, no, it's not. We've had people come in who couldn't read anything, barely know the names of their strings, and they are fantastic players. And they just they can just do it, you know. Yeah, I, yeah. They could speak the language without reading the language, um, and that's always super important. Cause I always say like the communication more so is important than, than the reading aspect of it because it's like, yeah, you can read this menu, but can you order anything from it? Oh, uh, you know, that's, that's always important <laughs> for me. Cause I'm a big fatty, fat fat. Yeah. And I like my food. It's like,
0: we just want, you know, you, at the end of the day, you just want to, you know, you want to hear him play, you know, you, you, yeah. Can you play it? How do you, you know, how does it sound? How
1: does it feel? And yeah. And I don't care how you get there, you hey, know, as long as we can make it work. 100%. I mean obviously if yeah. there's some discrepancies where it's kind of like yeah we need to get to this and this was something that's easy learn like easily learnable and you don't kind of know you know being a self-taught thing yeah that's a problem too but then we've also you know you can just if people just get it they get it yeah um you know that's important but like i always say there there are always lots of Im- you know impressive things that you can get out of formal learning cuz i i wasn't crazy about reading music either um But I'll say, you know, my high school now hires me back every single year to play in their pit band. Uh, I play bass or guitar with them. And that's cool because I'll go in for rehearsals and they'll drop the book in front of me. And I'll do a couple rehearsals and like six shows. And that's a great paycheck. And it's literally I have to come in and know the music immediately. And I have to just cold read it and just go. And that's important because that's me, you know, reading music. And that was, you know, a skill I learned from instruction. Obviously, now I got better at it doing it over time um because that was just me putting in, in the time to practice. Um or like another great one I had was um I do a lot of studio session work and I had this one gentleman, he was a sax player and he hit me with literally just a sheet of all of all just Roman numerals and it was just the chord symbols. And so instead of it, it was like f- for like the big theory dorks listening, it's it's always, you know, your your one, your two, three, four, five, six, seven, all the chords in a key and he would just say okay we're gonna do this in four different keys and it was all sax keys so he's like we're gonna do an a flat d flat b flat e flat it's gonna be a walk at 220 bpm um are you okay with doing that i don't know which one we're gonna pick so and it was just a sheet of roman numerals it's like good (laughs) thing i knew my theory for that or i would have shit myself in that studio and it was scary but it worked um and that was something you know i learned a lot from instruction but i also learned a lot on my own because i got really into theory when i got into writing so that was like incredibly incredibly important. And if I didn't know that, I wouldn't have gotten that gig or gotten asked back by him. So it's like you know, you can get some good paying gigs for for reading well or being able to just jump in, whether it's just jumping in with reading or just jumping in with just playing in general. Yeah. You know, and I know you've gotten some awesome gigs and opportunities from stuff like that too, whether it's just from your individual playing or from, you know, more practical lesson kind of stuff playing.
0: Yeah, it's all, I mean, especially the studio stuff, I mean, you know, I know you've done a lot of studio stuff so. yeah I love the studio stuff um, but you know as far as like studio musicians go out there like those guys are some of the best players out there I mean you don't even know their names most of them it's sad but but those guys can read because yeah they have to. they have to it's literally you get called into the studio they give you the sheet of music. Whether it's fully written out or it's in, you know, some sort of Roman numerals or like I know Nashville number system is a totally different system of, of writing things. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And it's, it's, it's thrown in your face and you know, you're gonna, you got about maybe 30 minutes to look at it and you're going to start, you know, recording tracks and, and you can't mess up. You can't mess (laughs) up because somebody has already paid for the studio time um, and you every take is money it costs money for every take to if you have to redo things if you screw up whatever so you really can't so it's a matter you come in you read it briefly talk it over and then next thing you know recording light is on and you got to perform and it's got to
1: be perfect yeah Um, and that's i mean but those sessions they sometimes cost like 10 grand a session for oh, how yeah, many yeah. players you're paying yep. which is crazy so hey if that's an incentive for anyone to take lessons and learn to read there you go you could you could really make some serious money
0: absolutely and then you know i'm sure there's also opportunities that they don't have to read anything <laughs> you no. know someone might just play him a track and like this is what i'm looking for or someone just like hum a tune and whatever yeah, like
1: i yeah. you have someone come in and just lay a solo down it's like a lot of people for improv it's you're not necessarily being taught that and yeah, you're getting a couple of riffs and licks and things here, but it's, that's your own style at that point. Like I had, I know people in my area who took lessons from my teacher and they pretty much play like he does where they'll kind of all have the same inflection and playing kind of thing. And obviously he's an incredible player, but it's like the individuality is, is kind of lost there. It's because they never really took the time to explore, their own playing and their own style as far as improvisation goes and you can't really teach that like yeah you can teach the fundamentals of soloing and the fundamentals of you know scales and things like that that go into it and playing over changes but it's like that that's all you yeah yeah that's a big important thing so it's Um, i guess like what you what you could
0: take out of you know some of this is I think it's important to be, all, you know, as well-rounded as possible. Just in the fact that yes, you don't know what situation is going to be brought to you. It could have been any of the things that we mentioned um, before. You and have to be a
1: musical Swiss Army knife, right?
0: Exactly. Yeah, you have to have all the tools um, at your fingertips, and you got to be every, you know, be ready to perform. And this is if you know if you're trying to pursue a career in it. I mean, I think it's even more important, but um you know like i said you you never know
1: what you're gonna get hit with you honestly don't know and it's
0: and it's a phone call can come at any time and Mm -hmm. the opportunity of a lifetime can come at any moment and you have to be ready because if you're not ready the next person in line is going to take it from you so that is very very true um i I, think i think too oh go ahead oh no no i was just saying that you know That's why I I know at least I do and I know you definitely do is true you know we try to be as prepared as possible in every aspect I try I'm always learning no matter what if it's you know lessons or self you know trying to teach yourself I'm always doing it like it's practice 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 it's practice I've taken lessons for so many years and I still to this day like I get the urge and I probably will at some point when all this blows over is I I probably want to take lessons from somebody and it it does, you know, some people might think, Oh, you're crazy. I don't need to take lessons. It's like, well, I'm going to, it doesn't, I obviously I can improve on what, you know, my playing, you can always improve, but everybody brings something different to the table. And it's just nice to hear somebody else's approach. You, you might learn something crazy. You've never seen it before by, you know, anybody, you know, go online. I'm learning yep. stuff all the time just watching people play and listening to people playing it. And it's incredible that, like you said earlier, it's like you, it's impossible to master. You know, you're yeah. always... I
1: wouldn't want to master it, though. You I, know, that's the no, thing. I would always want to grow th- and keep learning. Yeah. yeah. That's the whole thing. It's a, tr- a tree never gets to a certain point and stops growing. It always keeps growing. That's the whole yeah. point. Not that I know any trees personally, but that's what I assume Right. You know, yeah, they're pretty quiet usually. Nothing. Yeah, I can't get anything out of them. Um, so I know I don't know, and that's kind of neat about you saying that about going back to lessons because so many people are afraid to do lessons if they're older because they think that you have to be young to do this. I have a gentleman just signed up with me. I believe he's in his early 70s. Just signed up right before the quarantine hit. We had a couple lessons, about two months worth of lessons. Um, and he'd been playing for years, doesn't read, doesn't know any of that kind of stuff. And he came to me because he wanted to learn theory. See, that's awesome, awesome jazz player. That's great. Really good player. He just doesn't know what he's doing. And I don't know if he was expecting to come in and the teacher to be infinitely younger than he, you know, you know, a third of his age. Um, but I, you know, I commend him for, for being brave and coming in. So I don't know if Jackie is, you know older than us or, or what have you, but definitely Jackie, never, never be afraid to want to pursue lessons to better yourself for things like that. Cause you can, again, you, it's not that when you take lessons that we're saying, all right, clear out your spice rack and we're putting all new stuff on there. No, yeah, it's yeah. more so it's like, here's a couple of hours. We're going to add into that. I'm just going to keep thinking of stupid metaphors like that. Like, no, I like I it. the paint palette one. Yeah. Or it's anything like that. You know, it's really, it's what can you get from it and what, what can you do? And I mean, at the end of the day, it's practice is the most important thing. Yeah. Um, with anything um i had a super rude awakening with that when i was younger because i got to middle school i thought i was hot shit um i play i i thought i you know i thought i played well girls were impressed by it that was the only reason uh, that i cared <laughs> <laughs> and um i had this little you know i was i get to eighth grade and this uh, little sixth grade kid comes in and everyone's like dude this kid can blow your doors out And i was like yeah okay and this kid was incredible Incredible player, and I remember talking to him, and I was like, "He's sweetest kid, sweetest he could be. So, you know, not full of himself at all, so humble." And I was like, "How, how often do you practice?" And he was like, "I play an hour every single day." And I was like, "Holy shit, an hour every day!" This, you know, me being like, "Oh yeah, I'll play for 15 minutes. I look at the clock the yeah. entire time, waiting for it to go by." So, that summer leaving, going into high school, I played for three hours every single day, and I kept that up all the way into college. And I played for three hours every single day. And it would just be like an hour of just finger exercise, an hour of just scales, an hour of just bullshit or just improv or just whatever. And I would do a little of everything um, because I wanted to be the best version of me that I could be. And I think if to take away anything from lessons or anything from playing, it's my hardest thing and my biggest gripe is comparing myself to others. It's always just be the best you that you could ever possibly be. And I think that's kind of what makes it. That's beautifully said. Absolutely. I thought so. I thought that was kind of pretty. So Jackie, hopefully we were able to kind of bridge that gap between the difference of, you know, self-taught or, or lessons. Um, I, th- you know, preference and, and for her saying a preference, I think final answer for me is I don't necessarily think there's a preference because if you can do what you do well, and you're confident with it, not cocky or conceited, but you're confident and you can stand your ground. I think that's what's most important because sometimes lessons don't work for people yeah. or sometimes people do need that structure of lessons. You know, sometimes people need that kind of a thing. Um, I don't know, William, if you want to add something to that, but that's kind of my thoughts with that.
0: Yeah, I agree. I don't, I, I, I could say the same. I, I don't have a, a preference to either one because I am a product of both. Um, and at the end of the day, it's some sort of education. Um, you're educating yourself either way, no matter how you look at it. That's very true. It's whether it's lessons or self-taught. You're learning how to do it. Um, I think the big takeaways and and the things that I would try and focus on is like like Charles said is um, consistency. Who me? Yes, you. Um, oh, okay. Sorry. Yeah, consistency and practice. And just play all the time as much as you can. That's what it is. All day, every day. Just get in as much playing as possible. And I really encourage trying to play with others.
1: Yes, often.
0: Yes, that That, is
1: so incredibly important. That and you will stretch yourself. so Oh yes.
0: And like you said, like and if you can play with people that are, what you know, better. I don't like to use that, but. or older i mean that's how i i grew up. more seasoned yeah i grew up playing with people at least twice my age it, but it was they're more fluent in the language right but y- that's fine you grow so much and it's not just your playing but also as a person and being a musician um, just the musicianship in general exactly because that's that's a lot of it too is being a good person not only just playing but just being a good person in general because people will want to contact you, hang out with you, and play with you all the time, and that's important. So uh, moral of the story is, you know, it's all good. Just keep playing, be consistent, learn as much as you can, and don't be afraid to try something new.
1: Well, I hate that every one of these episodes we end, you always say what I said, but so much more eloquently and just overall just better
0: yeah, so uh, from here on out, it's just going to be me on this podcast. So. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's and you made fun. me do a really ugly laugh. Thanks for that. <laughs> um, well, guys, thank you so much for listening. This has been the Drop the Beat podcast. Um, I don't know if you guys knew. Will, I know you probably know by now. Um, but we actually have a Patreon right now that you can support us and be one of our patrons if you go to com, Right on our homepage, there's a big, gaudy, ugly like orange button doesn't match the site theme at all and you can (laughs) donate and be one of our patrons it's costs us um it costs you guys it'll be only one dollar a month and we have some special things that kind of go with that like your name is in the credits of videos and um, we'll have some discounts in our merch shop and things like that um did you know they can also submit questions will i did you mention that earlier oh my god were you even listening i did Oh. On that same website, you can go to com slash contact and you can ask us any question music related that you would like us to answer in a long format on this show. Um with that being said, Will, would you like to sign us off of this bad boy? Yeah, take care. Goodbye. Is that it? And we uh yeah, you roll credits that's fine or you know, roll credits. Um yeah. that's good. I would I would um so thank you guys for listening to us beat off and beating off with us. This has been very uh, Very lovely for all of us. And once again, this is the Drop the Beat podcast, and we'll see you guys next time. Take care.